And now it's time for Dave's Disney View Podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his Grand Circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all. But he understands its place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. So come along and take a listen to Dave's thoughts about the Walt Disney World Resorts and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, on my last podcast, I talked about the world of motion and its history and some of the design features of the attraction. On today's podcast, I want to talk about the ride-through. What I want to do is kind of give you the ride-through, and I'll explain what you see as you're seeing it. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hey, I have the best-kept Disney World and Universal Studios vacation secret. Did you know that anyone can rent a sweet ride and truly get around fast with your pass inside the theme parks? Mom, tell them. Well, Scooter Vacations makes it fun all day long. You or someone you love deserves a best way to see everything. So why not relax and enjoy a true express ride with your pass? Scooter Vacations can arrange it and even deliver it to you. Get around the fun way? Have as much fun getting from ride to ride as being on the ride. They fit on buses, boats, and monorails and some can fit in a car trunk. Upgrade your experience and scoot everywhere. Contact Scooter Vacations at 1-855-WDW-SCOOT. That's 1-855-WDW-SCOOT. Or on the web at scootorlando.com. That's S-C-O-O-T Orlando.com. S-C-O-O-T Orlando.com. So once guests passed through the automatic glass doors below the track and entered the queue's proper holding area, they heard other renditions of It's Fun to Be Free that added sound effects punctuating the transitions. The sound of the biplane carried across the room by a series of overhead speakers and was followed by a player piano rendition of the music. The sound of a hot rod preceded a vaguely Beach Boys version and so on and so on. (laughs) 
The queue area was mostly bare, but you could see an elevated load platform at the top of the ramp. The Omnimover vehicles could be seen departing the load point and exiting the room to make the upward spiral in the courtyard beyond. Along the opposite side of the room, and that would be to the northwest, a series of vertical silver panels were mounted on the curved blue wall, each with a series of vertical grooves that were parallel and slightly tilted. Nowhere in Epcot Center was there to be a found a, a queue, a holding area, or a pre-show rivaling the Magic Kingdom's best, such as Pirates, Space Mountain, if you had wings, or even Mission to Mars, and the World of Motion presented a good example of that. Guests were directed onto a speed ramp by a host or hostess and stepped into one of the ride's blue Omnimover cars, which of course never stopped unless there was an operational problem. And they rolled westward toward a ramp that led to the outside in the grand spiral staircase. Once seated, the vehicle doors closed automatically, and the voice of narrator Gary Owens was heard through the onboard speakers. automatically. Please keep your hands and arms inside your vehicle and remain seated while traveling. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the wonderful world of motion. General Motors now invites you to travel the open road, to discover that when it comes to transportation, it's always fun to be free. During the climb, riders could see Communicore, Spaceship Earth, Universe of Energy, and Horizons, after it was built, in the near distance. Then they entered the hole in the red wall, which led into a cave, and the narration of the actual show scenes began with Owens setting the context. Throughout the ages, we have searched for freedom to move from one place to another. In the beginning, of course, there was foot power. But with our first wandering steps, we quickly discover the need to improve our basic transportation. The impressions of feet lit up against the stone walls, and the cars turned left to face a cavewoman and a caveman sitting on rocks, fanning and blowing on their hot, red, blistered feet to cool them off. A sleeping cave baby lay next to them, swaddled in a belt-and-stick baby carrier. After years of stumbling around, we launch a new idea. Our first safe highway water. Next, we move along to a scene depicting early water transportation showing dwellers floating along on a raft. Through reeds lining the shore of an Egyptian river, a papyrus swamp if you will, you'll see a man reclining on a single masted wooden raft seemingly asleep with a smile on his face, legs crossed and foot dangling out, inches from the open mouth of a crocodile. Two other crocs watched to see what would happen, and over the top of the horizon were projections of watercraft such as canoes, rafts, and viking ships. A papyrus boat rested on the bank to the right. On land, our animal friends give us new freedom. And we test drive many new models. An animal power is introduced. We are shown an Assyrian tableau where a series of animals and their riders are backed up at the walled entrance to an ancient Middle Eastern city. At the head of the line, an old man in rags tries to manage enough coins from a burlap pouch to gain passage while a gatekeeper in a toll booth shook his head in disapproval. 
The old man was leading by a rope a burrow who was basically one pant away from collapsing beneath the weight of the stuff that's on his back. And it had that sort of traditional imagineering style humor to it where you really got the impression that the, the poor burrow was about to burst. And there's a woman with a blue veil standing next to him. There's a man struggling in vain to raise the posterior of a similarly burdened and now fallen zebra, whose extended tongue, rolled back eyes, and back laden with rope-bound parcels spoke to a wearying journey. A little further back, a worried man is riding an ostrich while pulling a basket of fruit from the hungry face of the same ostrich. Next, there's the camel behind him, whose rider is reclining between the two humps. Both the ostrich rider and the camel driver are unaware the camel is already partaking of the grapes from the ostrich rider. And behind the camel, a man and a woman and an elephant wait their turn patiently. A boy riding a water buffalo with a wooden sled in tow stands next to the zebra. And above all, a turbaned man floats blissfully on a magic carpet with some kind of crystal ball in his lap. It's imaginary genius, if you will, because it tells an amusing story through fairly silly images that are very subtle and very familiar to you. Revolutionary turn of events. The wheel. Now things really get lower. It's fun to be free. After that, we move to the invention of the wheel of Babylon. Now there's a classic and very memorable gag here. We see an ancient court with the king of Babylon, and there's a group of inventors showing their ideas for this new thing. The round wheel is selected as the winning design, while the square, pentagon, and triangle-shaped wheels are rejected. The men holding these shapes look dejected, while the other man holding the wheel, the round wheel, is smiling. And there's a little bit of giggling going on in the background as well. our newfound freedom, empires expand, cultures flourish, trade and commerce grow. Projections of various wheeled vehicles are seen, such as an Egyptian chariot, a Greek uh, chariot, a Chinese rickshaw, and even a Trojan horse. And we also see a Roman used chariot lot with marked down prices in Roman numerals. We also see a woman with her new means of transportation, a centaur.
we see a large projected map with sailing ships being blown by winds across the Atlantic. The ships blow clear off the edge of the map and therefore the edge of the world, which is kind of amusing. With proud new ships, we sail forth in search of new worlds, undaunted by age-old myths and silly superstitions. Then we see a, a sailor aboard a ship looking through his telescope. On the other end of the telescope is a large sea serpent that's staring back at him. of the Renaissance. We see the model for the Mona Lisa waiting impatiently, maybe a little with a little contempt, while Leonardo da Vinci works on one of his flying machines. Unfortunately for him, his balloon has been caught by the clothesline, and he's naturally not alone, and has his pigs, chickens, and goats, which are all looking around the scene.
boilers of steam change our sails to paddle wheel. We're now on to the evolution of steam. It starts out with the Mississippi River boat. With the never-ending stream of stagecoaches and such for the Western Expedition. We see a steam-powered stagecoach being blocked on a bridge by a bull. And other steam-powered vehicles are seen projected in the background. There's a boy playing a banjo and a boy fishing, and we can see a steamboat and a man trying to desperately get his donkey aboard him. We then head west to the Mississippi where we see settlers with wagons. Attacking the wagons are Indians on horseback seen galloping as a projection in the back. arrives. A steam-powered iron horse bringing fast, dependable, safe travel to the new frontier. Unless, of course, you happen to be one of the unlucky individuals stuck on this train because it's being robbed by a gang of outlaws. There's an interesting footnote here that the train in this scene was an authentic steam train that was brought into this uh, attraction to be put on display. It's one of the real vehicles, another notable one being the stagecoach in the previous scene, that are in this, in this attraction and are actual vehicles that have been used in the past. way to enjoy it than with that infallible combination of man and machine, the bicycle. We then travel to the peaceful countryside where we see people riding bicycles of all different types and styles. There's one man who's off his bike and standing on a fence, and he's trying to ward off a dog that chased him there. Another man has crashed his bike and laying in the mud among pigs, while his companion giggles. There's another man on a unicycle and projections of other bicycles on the wall.
open road brings us a new wonder. A carriage without a horse. Yes, with the horseless carriage, we thunder full speed into the 20th century. We see this horseless carriage, the automobile. A mechanic is seen cranking the engine of an auto in his garage. Another man is raising and lowering his car's canopy. Meanwhile, a horse is nearby watching in what appears to be a look of surprise. There's some black and white footage of autos on streets projecting over the wall. And here's where we reach the iconic scene from The World of Motion. And it's probably one of the most iconic scenes in all of Epcot. This is the well-documented and photographed The World's First Traffic Jam, circa 1910. The image was used in a lot of early Epcot production, and there's a lot of humor in the way the whole traffic jam plays out. Vehicle traffic is stopped, a horse-drawn carriage carrying chickens and produce is crashed and jammed up with an ice truck, a double-decker bus and a red automobile. The chickens cluck while the produce rolls around on the ground and a man pops his head out of a manhole. The drivers of the vehicle are seen hollering and honking in frustration. It's an extremely powerful visual image that expresses the mayhem of the Disney way. If you've ever seen it, you'd remember it right away. And I put a picture of it in my show notes page just so you can kind of reminisce about it. And if you haven't seen it, you'll probably understand why it's so remarkable and memorable. Our newest tradition, the Sunday Drive. Now we quickly get away from it all to the beautiful, carefree countryside. We move ahead a few years and see some people out in the country having a picnic, all thanks to having a car to be free. And of course, a police officer on a motorcycle is seen hiding behind a billboard waiting to catch scofflaws like you in your ride vehicle driving too fast. heroes of the wild blue yonder. Now the sky's the limit. A glamorous barnstorm pilot and his lady friend are seen next in a biplane in a field. In the back, projections of other planes are doing tricks. And there's a family that is driven to see an air show. As progress moves on, projected footage of more planes are seen following along freeways, race cars, surfboards, and the goofy short freeway phobia. After that is a highway scene filled with classic cars from the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. First is a couple that's just been married and is on their way to their honeymoon, followed by a group of college students on a road trip, and then children's baseball team on their way to a game. And finally, we see one family on vacation. Clearly, they're on their way to Disneyland because one of the children is wearing mouse ears. Projections of automobile joyriders along with biplanes in the sky are seen in the background. Mobility is the byword of modern transportation. A way to move from here to there for every need and every case. Now it's really fun to be free. Be free, to be free, to be free on the moon. On the moon. 
And now we enter what is called the speed tunnel. This is a full wraparound projection that surrounds the ride vehicle. Scenery flies by, making it seem as if we're zooming down a country road, speeding through a swamp in an airboat, in a bobsled, on a surfboard, crop dusting in a snowmobile, and other vehicles. To help make the illusion of speed, hidden fans blow air into our vehicles. Light flies past, making it seem like we're traveling faster and faster. Now, some argue that the speed rooms are kind of a cop-out, something to fill long stretches of track that might have otherwise contained more amazing animatronic scenery. Or some say they harken back to a simpler technology. After all, we saw the same sort of thing in the If You Had Wings attraction in the Magic Kingdom in the early 1970s, a full decade earlier. But you have to admit it was kind of cool in any case, and the effect was powerful, and it gave you the feeling of moving, and it's fun to be free. Even in 1982, it still had that same remarkable feel to it, uh, and it really did work. And if you're looking for an example of what this was like, go over to the Buzz Lightyear attraction over in the Magic Kingdom. In the room you come into just before you defeat Buzz, you've got a uh, large tunnel, and uh, you're going along, and there's just like a projection on the wall, and you can shoot up at the projection, and these, uh, this one uh, like ship is coming at you, and you just shoot at it, and it's a long black room. That was the speed tunnel in If You Had Wings. And imagine, if you will, that that was a projection all the way around you and you were actually taking off on a runway and you were actually an airplane taking off. That's what it was like. So that gives you the, uh, the size and the scale of it uh, if you think about what the attraction was. Yes, our world has indeed become a world of motion. We have engineered marvels that take us swiftly over land and sea, through the air, and into space itself. And still bolder and better ideas are yet to come. Ideas that will fulfill our age-old dream to be free. Free in mind, free in spirit, free to follow the distant star of our ancestors to a brighter tomorrow. We moved along as projections of grids that were something like what you saw in Tron, and these projections were displayed on a wall, and we're entering something called Center Core. Center Core is a 60-foot high core of the pavilion. The entire pavilion is 65 feet tall, so this was a 60-foot tall center part of it. In the vast black room of the center core, lighted roads and highways of the future are seen curving around extremely tall skyscrapers. We see futuristic vehicles moving along. The city was created with fiber optics, liquid neon projectors, and advanced lighting techniques that in the early 1980s hadn't been really seen before. 
As we descend back to the lower level of the pavilion, we go into a mirrored tunnel. Against the mirrors, we see ourselves in futuristic bubble cars. This was accomplished using the Pepper's ghost effect, similar to the way the hitchhiking ghost used to join us in the Haunted Mansion. And so you actually would be riding along, and all of a sudden you would see yourself inside a bubble car moving along. Different colored cars would come along at, at various times. But the problem was this particular area seemed anticlimactic. Ladies and gentlemen, General Motors now invites you to share the challenge of the future. We need you to help us shape tomorrow's mobility. Just ahead is General Motors' exciting Tram Center. Join us behind the scenes, where we are working to ensure that tomorrow's world will continue to be a world of motion. The final portion of the ride was the approach to the unload and its speed ramp. And of course, the belt and your vehicle were moving at the same speed. Stepping off the belt, you could see the pathway to the Trans Center post show ahead, beginning with the blue neon letters against a black stripe on the wall that proclaimed, the future of transportation is here. The neon cut across a large metallic silhouette of a human head, in the center of which was a circular projection screen depicting concepts of a possible vehicle. Your vehicle doors will slide open automatically. Please gather your belongings and step out to your right. Your vehicle and the moving platform are traveling at equal speed. Your vehicle doors will slide open automatically. Please collect your belongings and step out to your right. The moving platform is traveling at the same speed as your vehicle. And there you have it. That's the World of Motion attraction and its ride through. So I hope you've enjoyed this story of the World of Motion and kind of got a feel for what the World of Motion was really like. If you had never ridden on it, maybe I gave you a feel for it. I'll put a link in the show notes page to an actual YouTube video of the attraction so you can get a feel for what it was like. But that'll do it for this week. Next week, we'll talk about the Trans Center and what the uh, Trans Center was all about and what appeared there. So for now, remember, it's fun to be free. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View Podcast. Now, please exit the moving podcast. The walkway is moving at the same speed as your podcast. Kindly take small children by the hand and watch your head and step. If you have questions, thoughts, or would just like to ask Dave a question, please send an email to davesdisneyview at gmail.com. You can always find Dave's Disney View on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Show notes for this podcast can be found at DisneyWorldPodcast.net. Original music you hear in this podcast is courtesy of Sound A Music. You'll find a link to the latest Disney-related autism awareness event on the show notes page. We also encourage you to check out Dave's iPhone apps. There are a couple of Disney-related apps, including a Hidden Mickey's app and a pin trading app.